0: Welcome to joiners the podcast with Tim and Danny where we dive into the pool of hospitality.
1: Yeah in a shark tank
0: (laughs) In a shark infested hospitality (laughs) pool. Yeah Um, but most of the guests that we encounter are much friendlier than sharks. Yeah, most not all but uh, speaking
1: of tiburones Danny (laughs) (laughs) Love that you're uh, back from mexico.
0: That's true. Uh, we were in mexico in uh what do you call the area riviera maya
1: yeah i guess it's riviera maya it's golf side
0: yeah um it was beautiful it might be
1: playa del carmen technically it's, it's not, riviera maya
0: yeah um basically flying into cancun and take a roughly 40 minute drive now did you stop south on your drive like
1: usually like when we go to mexico we'll fly into cancun and then you take a cab or whatever to get to your destination we always stop and like pick up groceries on the way Hmm, we did not like some beers to drink on the ride so by the time you check in you really have to pee oh
0: nice uh that's a nice just me that does that yep yep just (laughs) tim yeah we were there it was great one of the world's uh hundred best bars was actually at uh the resort uh it's called sapote sapote which translates to i have no idea wow yeah tim's gonna translate it spanish major let's see um but anyways, yeah, I was sitting at the bar, and I had been there before, like the night before, and I tried a drink off their menu, and da-da-da-da-da, and this night I just really wanted something with Satole that was stirred, and I ordered kind of just like that with the server, and it was amazing to see, like, the confusion uh, that arose from this dealer's choice request that I thought was relatively benign, but I was just like, I'd love something with Satole that's stirred. mm mm-hmm. you were putting them to the test you're like let's see i was yeah not at all i was not trying to you know evaluate anything really but it was like went from one server to the next server and then the second server that the message was passed It was like watching a wild game of telephone second server was like what the you know so confused by the instruction and then that server went and told the bartender the person that was actively making drinks and the bartender seemed very cool and made a a delicious drink. So um, ultimately
1: you did get the dealer's choice. Yeah, I got a, a great dealer's choice, and but it was funny because a prompt?
0: Yeah, the prompt was just whatever. So tall, stirred. Okay. Um and yeah, it was just like in you know, in our bars or you know, bars that we go to, dealer's choices are very common. Um mm-hmm. but but this bar, it seemed like they were not common it seemed like you were speaking a foreign language. Perhaps. It did, it did. Yeah, it seemed like I was speaking a foreign language perhaps. So
1: if I, when I walk into Scofflaw and <clears> I am <throat> like and I've got a dealer's choice is every Bartender there like is is my bartender gonna make that or is it like, oh, we got a dealer's choice Let's give it to so-and-so is everybody like pretty uh, equal footing Everyone's
0: there? pretty well versed, but yeah, possibly uh, Someone could be less experienced than someone else or they could uh, Be asked to make a dealer's choice choice with a spirit that they're not particularly uh, you know, comfortable with or well versed in. Oh yeah,
1: that's something I didn't realize until we talked to Abe. Is that like certain bartenders are like more comfortable with certain
0: spirits? Exactly. Yeah. So if someone, you know, if you came in, you're like, give me a Calvados DC. You, you know. think
1: I am huge Geltones? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they might be like, uh, hey, other bartender, like, what would you make with this? Yeah. You know, it's pretty collaborative. Any souvenirs from your trip? any souvenirs uh yes uh well i meant well it wasn't because i didn't get any gifts when you returned so (laughs) i assume maybe you got something for yourself yeah i was trying to give tim half a bottle of mezcal and i wrapped it up (laughs) neatly uh in my suitcase and checked it half a bottle half a bottle well it was a bottle that i brought and so i tried to bring down with it exactly yeah it's like so sealed when i beach (laughs) bring bring your own mezcal (laughs) to mexico yeah i mean i just didn't know you know sometimes when you go to resorts or places you know places in mexico the only you know spirits that to us are local that they carry are like big name brands um so i wasn't i didn't know what i was walking into yeah lou
1: Lou bank tipped us off on that
0: yeah so you know i brought some mezcal from home and then when i came back i tried to wrap the remainder like just in the bottle i wrapped it up in towel and and came back and when i got home I noticed a, a mezcal smell coming from the suitcase <laughs> and I looked inside I immediately realized what had happened I looked inside I I unrolled the towel that it was packed in and the cork had come out and the mezcal was gone it had been perfectly absorbed by the towel um, but well that's lucky yeah it was so a it was, lesson it was wrapped or... it was wrapped Okay. yeah okay. Um, so did you wring that out and sip it? <laughs> Yeah, so I wrung out the towel <laughs> yeah like nine at night just, yeah just we had a similar
1: on situation i remember when we were kids my sister and i we were kids we went on a trip to florida and we found a bunch of sand dollars and my mom was like oh we have to bleach these to you know it'll make them more white it'll kill any bacteria that might be on them from the sea and uh so i don't know I, well we did it and then my mom packed those in my dad's suitcase <laughs> so when we got home All of my dad's clothes were like tie-dyed because they'd been bleached from these sand dollars. Basically ruined his uh, summer wardrobe. Melissa
0: probably (laughs) knew the whole time what would happen. No, no. She's like... She uh, played it off like she did. She's like, I'm not going to put these in my suitcase. Yeah. Inexperienced traveler. Now, someone who's not
1: an inexperienced traveler... That's a very good transition there. Is our guest this week. Pete Turnus. That's right. From Middlebrow. He's the man. Yeah, great conversation. My first time meeting him, um, we, we talked a little bit about, I mean, a guy who's led two different lives. He was started out as a lawyer, smart boy, went to University of Illinois and uh, University of Chicago for law school, and then decided that wasn't really the path he wanted to take. Got into brewing and has built uh, Middlebrow over the past like 10 years or so. Yeah. Uh, we talked about their food program too, um, some charity work that they do there and being a part
0: of Logan Square's community. And some upcoming fun potable stuff potent potables potent potables (laughs) coming on the potent pipeline yeah Uh, so without further ado here's our conversation with pete i've never seen it i've listened to many WTFs, but never seen this i remember
1: seeing a picture and being like man they're really close to each other and you're like what yeah
2: no way well in that garage they were like really i I only seen pictures too but in the garage huh it's that tight yeah tight spot are you a big
1: Marin listener
2: no i never i've never i mean you know little clips here and there over the years you
1: know maybe
0: and then also seeing him on letterman or colbert or whoever exactly yeah i'd seen him on some stuff we used to listen to it yeah pretty i mean i was listening to it relatively religiously for a time yeah but before there
1: were more options i think i think aaron was early to the game and he got really good guests i i can't
0: it was always dictated by who was on it
1: right for me right
2: yeah yeah he had this uh like at least from my like i said very brief experience with him um you know Really, he's this funny guy who's really clever and quick, but has really deep, profound, almost depressing sometimes conversations <laughs> yeah, with you sure, know, really. Which was that that that, that that sort of tension is kind of cool and and compelling in its own way. Yeah, and just makes yeah. you want to listen to he's whoever really
1: introspective. Was to. And then I felt like he was he, there was a lot of personal growth, and I'm like, man, I think he's like out of the clouds. And then yeah. his girlfriend died, yeah. and he was just like just shot him right back down. Yeah, totally. and uh, yeah. yeah. So,
0: uh, Tough, tough obstacle to overcome. Totally, I didn't (laughs) say that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I because I I followed him pretty closely. Uh, But but I feel like there a lot more celebrity podcasts have popped up. Every celebrity's got a podcast now. Yeah, I've shifted over to listening mostly to Dax. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Oh, Dax Shepherd from uh, From Punked. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) And he and some amazing movies and the. Yeah you know yeah. early aughts i think that's he's right. best
1: known for idiocracy which was like oh a that's complete a complete flop yeah. but like it's ended so up kind of coming true and yeah. going yeah, viral it was so... yeah.
2: prophetic yeah, yeah i I, prophetic. I think i watched it in like 2012 on youtube like when you can still snag yeah. like a weird youtube Same. full yeah, movie yeah. on youtube I remember that, um, yeah. but i hadn't seen it to that point yeah like, yeah, like like you said, prophetic, smart. And
1: is it Mike Judge by the it's way? Yeah. Mike Judge, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's always great. So yeah, great. I was just watching Office Space a couple days ago. And that <laughs> I haven't seen that it for that many one holds years. Up. That was but... one I would used to watch like every weekend. So but it's good. really
0: still really good. So, <clears throat> <laughs> and yeah, now that you know, through the small talk weeds, <laughs> uh, welcome to the studio. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I did a little bit of research about mm-hmm. the whole story, yeah. and it seems like. When did you get involved in like homebrewing? Is this around 2011 before that?
2: Yeah. So the, I mean, the, 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 the plain truth of it is that my involvement in homebrewing extends to the second and third batches of homebrew I ever made. And that was about it. Wow. Um, not because I was really, really good at it, but because of, you know, the opposite yeah. phenomenon. <laughs> um, but my buddy, Nick, uh, uh, it was, yeah, twenty he started getting into it in 20 maybe 2008 2009 um and then we started kind of talking about this um and were or, you here in chicago i was living in new york at the okay. time and uh you know i'd come home all the time it, back then you can get a flight on southwest for 68 bucks or something yeah. and like and you this can is home it. this is home okay yeah, south side south suburbs And, uh, you know, I taste his beers or whatever around the holidays. We were both interested in it at the time. So we were at least talking about it all the time. Not, not this project, but beer, beer culture. Exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, I think I went back to New York, um, after a trip and, I was I was working as a lawyer there and it was bored. Um, you yeah, know, I saw you went to University of Chicago. That's yeah, pretty impressive, smart
1: boy. Well, yeah. I mean,
2: you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the decision to go doesn't suggest the opposite. I think you know, but no, it,
0: you know, it was great. Actually, I loved law school. It was, it was do you still incredible, feel like but, you apply, you know, your lawyerly mind to to things on it, a daily basis or? You know,
2: I don't even, I don't notice it, but everyone who loves me insists that I do all day.
0: All day you know? <laughs> so wait, did you go? U
1: of C for undergrad. No, I went to Illinois for for
2: undergrad, and then I went to U of C. I was an engineer at at Illinois until the last minute when I decided to go to law school, and then switched, you know, and got a bunch of A's to uh, bump up my GPA to try to get into a good school and. And then I got into ufc and went just for a, a girl really and then broke up the day school started and you know wow. <laughs> and you know and now was mean, stuck it's in, like one in of the best schools yeah 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 it's a great school and it was a cool neighborhood and i didn't i didn't know much about it at the time and yeah. what kind of law did you want to practice i wanted to be a uh i wanted to be a foreign service officer it, that's why i went to law school and, okay and i don't even know what that is and i didn't back then either but it just sounded like necessary and it sounded like cool like cool and like you know you get to travel and awesome and international relations in college was like I, i like i said i switched from engineering to like you know something more the softer sciences so to speak and it was this the most difficult like you know international relations just put physics to shame in terms of how difficult it was like Hmm. human minds and group thinking and decision making and behavioral analysis is just incredibly difficult and interesting you know yeah so i was all stoked about that and took a lsat i guess we're getting far afield but i got like a good score on it and was like man maybe i could get into a decent school and so so yeah anyway uh, i applied to a bunch of schools and was like stoked to go to one of the coasts and then my Girlfriend at the time's um, old man said to my dad, She's not going anywhere, you know.
0: Was <laughs> <laughs> so. she there for undergrad or what? she was in Illinois too, yeah. Oh, okay, and but she was going to okay, got yeah, it, yeah, yeah.
2: And and so, and I did, yeah, I don't know what she's up to now, but you know, in, in any case, the first day it was over and, and I was stuck in Chicago and it's home, so I, I was, yeah. that was good, but I knew Chicago's great, and I. I loved law school, and it was just an amazing education. Had you spent much time in Hyde Park? I, almost none at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I did like... I, lo- I loved the neighborhood. I stayed there for a couple of years and then moved up here for the last year. And then, um, you know, uh, it, then I went to New York, and I was practicing there. And, and Did it, you it, take
0: the bar in both places?
2: I just took it in New York, um, but the uh, recession hit, like, right when I, I was at my graduation and i got a text or an email from well my buddy sitting behind me who's going to the same firm i was going to in new york got it got an email on his fancy uh, blackberry and it just said it was like a deferral email all the all the consultancies mm. and law firms mm. and banks were doing this at the time that yeah, said like we'll pay you half your salary but don't don't come anywhere yeah. near us for a, year. I had a
1: lot of consultant works uh friends who were just collecting paychecks and chilling
2: yeah so that's exactly what what happened to me and i i I was it was amazing but I got a year and change off and I worked on some tech startup in San well here but here between here and San Francisco and then I took off and gotten an around the world ticket and while I was traveling I was like man this food and beverage thing is really what I want to do it was what I cared about all the way you know, through college and law school and mm. just as a fan yeah. you know like taking notes on restaurants in down in Champaign, Illinois. So I'd have like a whole book here to come up for the weekend and just hitting like seven spots in two days or something and just filling my belly and then going back to Champaign, you know? Yeah, it's so fun. It, it was great. And it was like at the beginning of it was like Paul Khan had Blackbird maybe and mm-hmm. Avec and that was it. And Lulu was there and Vivo down on um, Fulton Market and got some Red Moon, all these places that don't <laughs> exist anymore. You know, we're, we're, we're open and we're, we're, we're just like, i don't know you know it was the beginning of this whole culture yeah. um so i took a year off from law school and and like i said i was like worked, i I, did, I woofed so i worked on farms and uh you know got paid with food and shelter and um and got back and had a crazy scraggly beard down to my belly button and crazy long hair and mm. and Wait, I went,
1: where were you woofing was this I, in...
2: in the south well all, all over in a few different places like you know in the middle east and south america but the big stretch was in french polynesia i went to a a black pearl farm like an oyster farm in a lagoon in like this atoll about 300 miles from tahiti it was very cool it was so cool
0: yeah write a book about these adventures i
2: mean yeah i I took tons of notes they're probably embarrassing but you know i thought one day i would do something like that but yeah it was it was wild is is
0: oyster farming
1: or is that where you're like isn't there something about rotating yeah
2: yeah, you move them, like, you know, so we'd wake up in the morning, four or five in the morning, get on this flat-bottom boat with cigarettes and coffee and these French pirates, you know, and we'd we'd ride out to the middle of this lagoon, and it was all free diving, and, you know, wow. they'd just have snorkels on, and they'd go down 60 feet, and I'd go down 10, oh, and, man. you know, my brain would feel like it was about to explode, <laughs> and I'd swim back up to the top and just wait to be helpful, but they'd, yeah, they'd take, all, you know, huge nets of oysters out, and move them to a different spot of the lagoon and then we'd take those and bring them somewhere else and you'd you know kind of on a cycle and yeah when they were ready you'd bring them back and sit there on the on this crazy rickety platform over the water and just sit there scooping them all day and regraft you know i I wouldn't do the regrafting but you know polynesians there would do the regrafting and um you know all we had was flour water and fish and once a week the uh supply ship would come and they'd bring peanut butter oreos and like boxes of red wine and we'd have that for two days until we ate it all and then Another five days, just fish, flour, and water. Were you the
1: only American?
2: There was one other one there when I was there. Um, And then I was leaving and another one showed up. And the guy who ran the farm is american but he wasn't there he he came like the last two or three days for the uh, like a six week stretch i was just there. to eat
0: a bunch of oysters and yeah, then get out again. yeah yeah <laughs>
2: he had his own little private suite r- rickety suite over the water where he would just sit and do yoga mm. and then you know wow oh. but he grew up there he grew up on that island because his dad was a like a just was, his dad was french and just sailed around the south pacific and so this guy and his brother grew up there for until they were like 10 or 11 they moved to the states and so just what a, a life. crazy life yeah yeah But you're eating
0: lots of oysters. Yeah, I mean,
2: the mussels, like you just eat the the oyster mussel all day and night. Um, The oysters themselves, you couldn't even look at because you spend most of your day during those phases of the work, you know, shucking and opening an oyster and then scooping out the meat and throwing it into a bin. And so you're living in like a true, you know, kind of, uh, I don't know like a twister of flies that Mm. are just all over you, all over the oyster, like the oysters that are like rotting on the, on the, you know, and like this 95 degree heat. (laughs) It was, so you're like immediately turned off by (laughs) oysters. It's been like 20 years and I just don't even bother usually, you know? (laughs) So are you a pro shocker? uh no at the time eventually when i finished i was pretty fast yeah, yeah. but no probably so you probably haven't eaten anymore. an oyster since then i you know if i'm at a rest <laughs> my butt my buddy's opened a restaurant in detroit and it was oyster heavy so i just you know closed my eyes and <laughs> oh, said, said
0: congratulations <laughs> this is great you know. some food drama yeah no it was, it was wow it was any other um <laughs> farming traumatic uh food situations uh not
2: from that trip but i don't i don't think nothing else really really sticks out but hmm so was there a
1: program where you kind of got placed or is it or were you just kind of God, up I, yeah it armor? was
2: 2009 I th- or 2008 or no 2009 when i started kind of seeing the possibility and you know obviously the internet was in full swing but not for this program yet like woofing now is probably entirely via email but back then you had to like buy a book you know you pick, pick the region Popping my peas, but you pick, <laughs> you, cool. yeah, you yeah. pick the region and uh, and you you put a couple hundred bucks in to get in this book and uh, you know and in the book you'd have all this contact information for various farms all over the you know the region mm-hmm. and then there's this mis- miscellaneous section and I just I bought that one because it was seventy five bucks or something and that's a country like Polynesia and also like maybe some other you know basically the countries that didn't have didn't um, kind of comprise a region together um and their region didn't really have a lot of opportunities in it. Um, so you just start writing letters and you mm-hmm. hope you get one back. And so yeah, I just wrote like maybe 50 letters to various farms and wow. I had this one, you know, that was high on my list and they got back to me pretty fast. So I just booked it ticket. Did get. you
0: have downtime as well or you just like constantly working?
2: You, you uh, No, there there was down. There was weekends and um but you'd go pretty long into the evening and you basically lived by the light, by the sunlight, you know, um, there was light on the, on the farm, but it was, Mm -hmm. it was solar powered. And so it turned on just at night for a little while and you turn it off and light a bunch of candles and crash, crash out, you know, the the wind is deafening. You're like, you're like in the middle of the ocean. It's a lagoon. So you're surrounded by, um, it's an atoll rather. So, um, you know, it's volcanic rock that hasn't been sort of breached by the water. Um, and you can see, you can stand on it in a lot of places. Um, but the wind just carries right over it. There's barely any, any like plant life trees or, you know, 20, 30 feet tall tops and probably 20 feet tall tops. So, you know, it's windy as hell. It's like truly living in the ocean. And, and so like, you know, it's dark, the lights are starting to fade or like flicker off because the solar power is fading or whatever oh. it was, you know, and you know, it's deafening. And so you just, jump into a hammock and go to bed you know at 8 15 or something oh and gosh. then you know it's blinding to at it's pitch first black, were you, know? you
0: like uh this is maybe more than i bargained for and yeah me out of here yeah yeah for <laughs> sure the
2: first few days are like this crazy adjustment you know and your brain is turning off too from being being kind of everything everything at your fingertips for you know just yeah all day and night every day and so Yeah, for a minute, it was, you know, I also got my, my, uh, it was, it had a very haunted vibe to it in my, you know, I had to walk about 100 yards on this like footbridge, you know, no rails, just like a footbridge over the lagoon back to like the atoll land where it was kind of rocky beachy and there's spider crabs everywhere all over the ground. And there's this hut and didn't have any walls or doors, but it had a sort of shelter overhead. And that's where I was sleeping and it was fine. It, It was great. And, they have plenty of flashlights and, you know, you're fine. But I had just gotten LASIK. It's mm. like I, I took some of the money I got from the law firm and went and got LASIK right away. And and I didn't, like, know this until that moment, but I had, like, a night blindness from it, you know. It was a few months oh. later. and <laughs> So, like, it's pitch black and I can't, like, see anything as I'm walking. I'm, like, oh. walking, like, almost putting my hands on the ground to feel what's in front of me, you know, to get back to this to place to sleep every yeah. night, you know. So it was that, that part of it was pretty... Uh, you know, I don't know, challenging. Yeah. Harrowing. It, it was It was harrowing. For yeah. sure. That's the word for, for,
1: for a little oh while my gosh, yeah. adjusted out of it. And what
2: a trip. Yeah, it was cool.
1: So are there any things you picked up there that you still go to today? Like skills that you wouldn't have otherwise developed you think?
2: Yeah, it's a good, it, that's a, that's a good, really kind of insightful question there. I mean, you know, you, you asked about, yes that same question or one of you did about being a lawyer and honestly the 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 law, um, it it changed the way I think, but I don't really. The only thing I I think I have from having been a lawyer, or rather, the only way my my day to day is affected these days is that I'm more confident breaking the law because I understand how what, what like a little bit more about the consequences and I like and how serious they are and what the government sort of regu- regulatory agencies really do and mm-hmm. how they behave and what you know what their incentives are. So not to say we're like breaking law all day over there. We we generally try not to. But like you know, whenever you're a small <laughs> businessman, yeah, you know, yeah. or a small business person, you're thinking about how to grow, and sometimes you have to make a quick call, and it has to be something a little yeah, bit outside it's not the bounds. Strictly
0: and, to code, or, right? Yeah. And
2: then you and then you pursue, you know, adherence to the law after that. You mm-hmm. know, once you know it's worth it. Um, as far as like living on that farm, honestly, the thing that it it, it the thing that it gave me, I think, more than uh, more than anything else was. I went there because I was just like like, uh, confounded by the idea that people can live outside of a city and be happy and it's a ridiculous thought now as a 40 year old but back then as a a kid who was looking for energy and action I was just like how could anybody live in the country and how could anybody live on an island and how can anybody live like remotely and isolated from other people and and I like within a couple of weeks my brain just changed and like the happiness that everyone around me like felt in their day to day to day with like they connected to three or four people and they'd see maybe one or two other people a day. And the the, the simplicity of that kind of that style of living and, and like having found happiness there, it allowed me to come back, go work as a lawyer. um, And I got paid a lot of money as a lawyer, but I had no interest in the money. It was like clear, like I, I guess I my eyes were open because I, Challenge myself to live very simply found happiness and then it was easy to say i don't care about this money or need this money and i want to go do this thing i want to try to open a brewery and
1: yeah it almost takes the pressure off that career because you know you don't need it for happiness that's cool i could sleep in a
2: hole and i could eat you know just chase black bean tacos for you know every day and find a ton of happiness and joy do you you think
1: take that experience away do you think you would have eventually matured to realize that anyway probably yeah
2: yeah. yeah, And I don't know that would have taken that long either, but, yeah. um, but it gave me to, the, the confidence it gave me to quickly do what I, what, what would, what I thought would make me happy. That was immediate and that may have never come, mm-hmm. um, absent that experience. That's really interesting.
0: Yeah. So how so, did you... Sorry to uh, no, jump around no, no, I love <laughs> it. How, So how did you, so you came back home from yeah. New York, one of these trips yeah. and your friend was brewing beer Yeah, and you were both interested in beer to some extent, right. I would imagine different levels sure. probably. Yeah. Um, but when did you make the decision to fully quit the law firm, come back and pursue beer full time?
2: Uh, it was about a year year in. Um, I didn't. It took another year and a half before I left. But about a year in, I was working on a project. It was like, you know, an attempt to um, use that it was, it was a tax lawyer, a corporate tax lawyer. So my uh, my idea was to. It was something around. Like utilizing the tax code and various deductions um, to raise a ton of money for hunger prevention charities, you, you know, at these restaurants that were kind of hot shit, and, you, know, uh, you know, all, you know, I don't know, every, hyped up, you know, hypey, hypey mm-hmm. restaurants, because yeah. you you know you can draw a bunch of people, get them to spend a bunch of money in New York, New York especially, and and I don't even know if it would have worked. I like we, we were ready to go. I, I had an accountant on the on the team, and and we were like ready to make the proposals i think we even had like two restaurants who were at least verbally interested and i got an email from and i wasn't talking about this with my buddies or anyone so the plan
0: was to save the restaurants money and take that money that you had saved them through the tax code and invest that into charitable
2: exactly exactly like find a way to effectively help them with a big tax deduction or credit otherwise and and take that money and put it into hunger prevention organizations and and you know it, a, a few things needed to work out for it to work and so I don't know that it would have worked out ever but I guess it, it was sort of funny because you know the the, inter- the reason I tell the story is just because it was I don't know a couple weeks away or, or maybe in the very first you know kind of moments and I got an email from a buddy of mine from first grade who you know we, we were it was, it's this guy, Nick and uh, you know we were still really close friends and um, and he his proposal was like, hey you know, what would you think about starting a brewery where we donated half our profits to charity, or you know, maybe you know, to water the water groups and whatever in countries where water is a you know more of a pressing issue, water access is more of a press, pressing pressing issue or whatever, right? And it was just like kind of, I immediately wrote wrote him back and said, yeah, and I'm working on this thing, and I'm not working on it anymore, and like this this seems real. The, uh, the idea I had was kind of this like version of going out and partying and having fun i was like pursuing the fun idea and 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 what he proposed it was in my hometown and it was a it was the kind of thing that looked like it could be a business i mean at the time off color didn't exist five rabbit was the newest brewery to open to open i think it was like rev two brothers you know goose island five rabbit like very few breweries by pipeworks pipeworks of course but um so we uh it just, I thought, yeah, this is like, this is something. This has real legs, and his beers were like really, really solid. It was naive, you know, and for a lot of way, a lot of reasons. But, uh, yeah, we immediately started working on it, and um, and it took a little while to get the legal ducks, our legal ducks in a row. We didn't have any investors, and we didn't really know where to find them, and um, didn't have any money, and um, but we heard about contract brewing, and so we started pursuing contract, uh, contractors, and um. You know, they were all a mess. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't know what they what sort of legal uh, procedures to follow to make it work. Mm-hmm. Distributors were confused about it. The state was confused about it. It took a solid year before we got a beer in the tanks. It was twenty eleven. you
0: contracting someone else to make Middle brow That's right. Here. Yeah. That was they, this what? What gave them pause? Was it the charitable aspect?
2: No, no. The, uh, the, I, usually they wouldn't even know about it. It yeah. was. It was the. Um, it was that we weren't we didn't own the equipment we didn't have a lease we didn't oh. you know we had a, re- a recipe we had a brand but yeah they that were was asking it. other people to make yeah no it's, pilot project yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's standard <laughs> these days it's yeah, super easy right. i mean we do it at three different places right yeah. now and and but but back then it like it it also existed like there was a, a, a in Stevens Point, Wisconsin like Half Acre got started up there, and that's how we you know sort of we thought there must be more of this. Hmm. I didn't know. But that. yeah, but the um, the uh, and one of the former Five Rabbit guys has a, a spot in Wisconsin too. That's enormous and near hmm. Madison. But um, you know Great Central we brewed brewed Great Central down in, in Fulton Market and Miskatana captain out in Darien and um, and Pilot Project exists over there and you know, but at the time yeah again it wasn't it just wasn't standard and so it took a while we got our first beer maybe in the tanks in 2012 sometime uh roughly and um yeah and and eventually put it out i mean another part of this idea was that we'd have homebrewing contests so you would involve the homebrewing community which we were like loosely connected to and you know we would basically make a commercial batch of the winning beer That's and cool. get their put their face on the label and like get their beer into Binnies and et cetera, and then every other beer we'd do one of our own or and we we did that for three or four beers worth and then it became too that became too logistically difficult. In fact, we probably owe a few people uh, we should brew their beers now that we've got our own space. But we yeah. plan on it forever, but you know, God, that was got those ten years ago, you know, or that, more.
1: How were people finding you back then?
2: Facebook and like yeah. homebrew threads. And got you generally couldn't pitch business ideas on home, homebrew threads, so we had to kind of roundabout, you know, mention it or suggest it or, ups or something Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: Joiner's podcast is brought to you by Party Can. Party Can is a premium, batched, large format, full-flavored cocktail that uses high-end liquor, real juice, real ingredients. It's all natural, gluten-free. It's 12 drinks in a single can, and guess what? That can actually floats. You can take it to the beach, the pool, on the boat, camping, hiking, to the game, everywhere you go. It is recyclable and reusable. It's a party in a can, and everyone's invited. Party Can is available at multiple retailers around Chicago, around the country, and you can always go to drinkpartycan.com to find a local store or have one shipped to you or a friend. And now, back to our interview. Are you still a huge fan of beer? Were you tasting all these random beers all the time? And Yeah,
2: um, 10 years in, I, I still consider myself a huge fan of beer, but I don't drink nearly as much as i used to you know yeah. especially the last four years because the last four years i've been under a rock in our brewery and like i just drink our beers and yeah i'm sto- so stoked when jared from solomoth comes over with some solomoth beers because i get to drink something else i'll bite dovetail at go gross around the way home sometimes or you know i, I love off-color beers and hopo beers and l- l- a lot of like the 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 crew the crews around here who we interact with it's easy to drink their beer sometimes and that's why i drink it but um you know it's it's not as much a passion wine if wine if it hasn't been clear from our instagram it's become more of a passion in the last <laughs> yeah, couple yeah, years but sure. um probably because my 40 year old belly can't handle the bubbles yeah. or, the, or <laughs> the, the what 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 beer does to my energy level anymore you <laughs> know? yeah I, I feel that yeah
0: um and then so okay so you're starting off the beers being made in other places contract brewing and you're just, you're getting distribution. And from one of the things I read, it was like, were you always in Illinois, Indiana, and California? That was just the start?
2: The start was just Illinois. Okay. um, And it, it, you know, it was really more of like, it, it's a really bad model. The contract model is really bad to this day. No no offense to anyone we contract brew with. It's just not really meant to be sustainable financially. Um, and, uh, you know, you don't want to do it for very long or, you know, you don't want to do with, with, you don't want to rely on it too much, you know so we we utilize it for for very particular purposes and um but back then it was even a worse deal so um you know we were trying to grow without investment and so we would the only way to do that is by bring more beer and we got to we got to a place where we we had six different contracts going and we'd have six different or, or so beers uh, being brewed around the the region per month um but we needed a, an outlet for it. our distributor was was good and but they were young they started like they started with us we were their first I think the first signing client or the first, first client that they had that delivered beer to them, um, Heartland. Uh, and they're, they're much bigger now and, and terrific and great to work with. But back then they were like struggling to get on their feet too, and to retain talent and to get our beer or anyone else's beer into any place. And yeah. so we drew a 15 barrel batch somewhere and the people who got it loved it. And, you know, it was at reasonable places. It was like Lulu was one of our first customers. O'Chaval oh, was a pretty big early supporter and, Um, tons of others I, I, I should name, but you know, God, beer temple over the years has been immensely supportive and, um, you know, way back then, even West Lakeview liquors, there's a lot of old ones, um, bottles and cans, you know, but anyway, uh, tons of others who I hope maybe don't hear that that I forgot (laughs) to mention them, but, um, uh, it just wasn't enough. You know, yeah. we, we didn't really go to market with the strategy and our distributor really wasn't thinking in those terms yet. They were thinking in terms of move stuff so we can pay our bills. Yeah, survive. Yeah.
1: So you're, so you're working with the contract brewer and you've got the distributor. Are, are they talking at all or are you? No,
2: we're, 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 we're effectively like lazy marketing middlemen at this point. You know, yeah. I'm not really like I was out at every brew day and we were out at the packaging days and often we handle the packaging entirely ourselves and.
1: Yeah. But more of like a. A general contractor, kind of organizing all the moving parts, effectively, exactly, yeah. exactly,
2: which isn't exactly f- fulfilling, but it was what we needed to do at the time, sure. and, yeah, it means and, doing and it, it. yeah, and it was it was growing, you know, mm-hmm. which was good to see.
1: So it was just one contract brewer at the
2: time. Okay, right? and oh, how many different beers? Oh God, we probably brewed maybe we brewed an average of like in the early days six beers in a year. There mm-hmm. by the end twenty eighteen, right before we opened. Like this was started in 2011, 2012. By twenty eighteen, when we opened our our brew pub down the street we we were probably brewing 25 or 30 skus a year at five or six different contracts. Okay. So it was a lot of different beers coming out all the time to like for them to market, for them to sell smaller batches so they'd sell out a lot faster. But this this is why we went to Indiana and why we went to California. You know, I was living in I lived in California for a brief bit and made the right connections for this purpose and you know, we're close enough to Indiana that I think they were like, sure, we'll give you a shot. I never signed the contract, thank God, but they took our beer a few times and now we're free. We can do whatever we want if we ever want to go back to Indiana. But, you know, we don't really distribute anywhere else other than Chicagoland right now. That's not true. We still send stuff to California on like a maybe a quarterly basis, but small, small chunks. And, and Michigan is sort of queued up so that um, hopefully in this quarter or next we'll start in Michigan.
0: But... And did you know you always wanted to have like a brick and mortar brew pub?
2: Yeah, the, the original goal was a farm. Um way back when and it was just because jester king seemed cool and they seemed like they were making the best beers and the the jester king and allagash were making the beers that we wanted to make and 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 they were on farms and they were cool and and it was like and and so we were thinking yeah let's try to make these these beers but no contractor would touch a wild beer and open an open top fermentation back then most of them were making ipas and red ales and stouts and and were shocked by the idea of kettle souring or a Brett or stuff that today everyone kind of has a good handle on and almost everyone does. Um, they wouldn't even understand a. They wouldn't even understand like, you know, I don't know, uh, kettle hopping or s- like stuff that you know, the 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 big trends hazy IPAs these days that that would have shocked someone like in twenty or something. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Got off color was out, out in left field when they came out with troublesome. I mean, it was like amazing to us to have someone doing that in the city that doing it so well and um but uh th- those are the beers we wanted to make and we couldn't really make them and so we thought we'll look for a farm and try to be a real farmhouse brewery and we, we visited tons of farms in illinois indiana michigan wisconsin and the first couple summers and god i can't tell you like maybe it was 75 uh, let's say 60 percent of them were like oh you want to buy our farm yeah sure tomorrow mm-hmm. you know just yeah. everyone was ready to sell and or at least involve us in some way for them it's like great diversification you know a little more freedom and you know maybe I don't have to work this insane the, and they're, can continue to pursue this insane lifestyle a lot of these guys were older and yeah. these families were like you know they, they weren't going to be able to pass their, fam- their farm on and here I am calling to
1: did you have a specific business plan written for the farm yeah um thing? yeah but how much acres did you need
2: uh it was we were looking for like 40 acres okay. which was a decent amount yeah um but frankly i have no idea why we decided on. you know we had we had ideas at the time and mm. about an orchard and about various other things we were net we were net we would never have grown um you know grain certainly would have grown hops but you know maybe not enough hops to really you know own, to use those exclusively but you know, it was more about fruits, vegetables, maybe livestock. But we had also, we were city kids and suburban, you know, we're suburban kids. And but they have, you no had idea some farm experience by this yeah, point. Yeah, at this point I had worked one one month on oh, <laughs> a farm, yeah. And um, so it was it was pretty silly. Um, and after a couple of years, it was just like, man, what are we doing? We We don't have a clue even. People said, someone said the word pole barn to me once. And I was just like, what in the hell is a pole barn? You know, how are we going to? pretend we can farm and what what sort of disasters sit in front of us. Um, what is it, a pole barn? Yeah. I is mean, I don't, don't even to built, this day. Built on poles. how yeah, much of poles? It's just okay, like a really yeah. simple barn structure that doesn't necessarily, you know, need a crazy foundation or, you know, you don't need to go too, too deep. Or, okay. Um, but it's structurally sound and it can sit up forever and you fill it with a bunch. It's like a garage. On a lot of farms, it's just like garage or storage or yeah. whatever, you know. Um, and, and so... It 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 was a it was a joke it was a joke and in the end we were we were cra- I mean we were just faking it you know and we realized it and we said okay let's really set our sights on a, a brew
1: publication um well, was there an aha moment for that or were you just you guys just kind of look at each other and like let's find we, something urban
2: we got kind of close to a uh, a farm in Chesterton Indiana okay like he was really interested and he was really cool this guy and and, and like all the pieces were in place. Or could have been in place very quickly.
1: It was great picking down in Chesterton, good antique malls. Yeah, oh yeah, Chesterton's awesome. Yeah, yeah underrated for sure. Yeah. Kind um, of a secret spots. So yeah. Don't yeah. tell anybody. Yeah, no that. doubt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's not. You're not going to yeah.
2: publish this, right? <laughs> edit, edit that out. Yeah, um, yeah so um, it just got a little close. And we really started thinking about like raising money, finding money, what, yeah. what the build that would be like, what the, who the contractors were, you know so, so in, a, you always, in a more serious way
1: did you always have your eye on logan or what, what kind of spots did you look at
2: guys so then when we started looking for for property no we, we were looking everywhere um i i moved back from san francisco i lived in new york i moved to san francisco when i realized the brewery wasn't like we weren't busy enough to keep me occupied and certainly couldn't pay me and so i moved to san francisco for a year and a half just to work on it remotely but also just be around another beer culture and live in a cool place for a little while you know um with some savings and um and we grew it maybe you know double the size in that year and a half but it still was barely enough to keep me occupied all day and so the first year i got back i was living in pilsen and i'm um, looking mostly there yeah um and trying to just sell beer um you know well, we're grateful you came here yeah yeah i'm i'm, I'm happy i'm happy we did too armitage and, and like like milwaukee from western on were always like high on the list but armitage it was you know um yeah so you you know just saw a bunch of places that weren't quite right and then I don't know I was selling beer down at Best Intentions or something, or trying to. I don't think they even bought the bought the bought the beer, frankly. <laughs> um, I forget those guys' names, Chris yeah, something. Yeah, Chris and Calvin. Yeah. Marty, the Marty brothers. The Marty brothers, yeah. yeah. Um, and they're gonna open. I yeah, but I think so. they're not, but that they're not doing yeah. it
0: together anymore. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, one brother is not involved. Okay, I can. From what I understand. Yeah, I can
2: understand that. That's probably tough, but also. It, you know the bar life itself is obviously tough. Yeah, um, for sure. So anyway, I was riding my bike back, and this I, I had my eyes on Dodd Camera for like three, four years, and kept trying to figure out who owned it, and no one would budge. And and I was riding back, and I I was in like in the like crossing, c- coming toward Dos, um, and just saw these. Guys on a giant ladder putting a before Rent" sign over the Dodd camera sign, hmm. and I just like threw my bike down and hmm. called the number as they un- unfurled wow. it. Wow. And the, the, the landlord was like, how did you get this number? <laughs> I just sent my guys down there 30 minutes ago. You're like, like I just saw. Who are it. you? Yeah. <laughs> it took us like three months to negotiate. I think supposedly Parler looked at it a couple other bigger groups looked at it and didn't want it and I was desperate for anything and it's not a very good building for what we do there but you know it (laughs) It works out yeah you know you made it work exactly it was our first it was
0: like we needed to do this or kind of move on and and by this point had you shed this partner
2: no 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 he's still around he's Uh, a like and he's still a good buddy you know he's been he's been um uh like uh, one, of, one of my best friends, if, if, for a huge, you know, I don't know if to be like a, 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 a an elementary school kid about it, like my single best friend in the world for a chunk of time. And like one of my best friends to this day and, yeah. you know, or, fa- you know, if I had any friends anymore after working in this industry <laughs> for four so years. So the partnership,
0: but. but you added a partner. Yeah. So we
2: added a partner almost right away. I mean, okay. a few months. In that's before that's the we only did change that happened. Only change that, well, and then I met Polly, my wife, when I moved like a couple weeks after I moved back and. You know and then she increasingly got involved over the years you know not really formally but just ended up doing just as much work as i was or anyone else was and then when we signed on this place it became pretty she was working at lula i think yeah she was she was managing at lula and um and yeah the 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 sort of path became pretty clear that you know and i think she had already told jason that we were thinking about doing this and that this is this was, would be the end result we had no timeline and then we got this, pl- this place and we knew the timeline was like a year, year and a half or whatever. And then, you know, kind of things just unfolded from there. Cool. Yeah. So she's, a, she, she, became a form- formal partner, you know, around about that time. Um, and, um, you know, Nick, my original, uh, uh the, the guy we, uh, the, you know, who, who sent me the, uh, the email who effectively started this uh, whole thing. He's still involved and, um, you know, uh, friends forever and everything, but, um, you know he he he's he, he he some somewhere along the way he uh had twins and like he he was <laughs> That'll just do it that's a life changer i mean exactly <laughs> he was he kind of was just like I, I remember when we signed on this the place i went to him and brian um and and was just like i i think it's i think we're thinking we're looking at like 80 hours a week if you guys really want to do this and he just shook sat there still in his seat and shook his head side to side and was like no <laughs> i got w- one-year-old twins and yeah. i'm not going to miss a moment of their, i'm not going to miss that much of their life and and now having a kid i i c- couldn't it. i couldn't su- i mean at the time i supported him entirely he's you know my best old buddy but more than ever now i can't imagine have him having done what we did and having twins and yeah in
1: that phase of the business just
2: yeah it was too it was just timed impossibly mm-hmm. you know so i mean hopefully one of these days one you know he can kind of fold back in when anymore. those kids are old enough yeah. to intern. Yeah, no doubt.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Geneva. Danny, what is Geneva? Well, Tim, I'm glad you asked. Geneva is a European spirit with a wide range of flavors and lots of personality. It always uses malt, spirit, and juniper and other botanicals, so some would place it somewhere between gin and whiskey. It can be floral and bright like gin or round and malty like whiskey. Whatever your preference, there's a Geneva out there for you. Even me? Even you, Tim. This campaign is financed with aid from the European Union. Did you always know what kind of food program you were going to have?
2: no um
0: like how yeah how did the food and the bakery stuff come to be it's
2: it became so dominant in 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 our our history i suppose or our story but we didn't really know we nick was obsessed with pizza like he was with beer and so was i he was always more i was always a, a a little uh you know, Tasmanian devil bouncing around from thing to thing and, (laughs) but obsessed with pizza, but going to six different pizza places in one night and having a whole pizza at every one of them and riding my bike across the damn world for it, you know, whereas he was at home like ordering a Italian brick oven for his backyard, you know, patiently waiting for it to come and feeding a sourdough starter, you know? (laughs) Um, so that's cool. Two very passionate, yeah. Approaches, yeah, 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 totally yeah. different. Totally different. Yeah. But truly, mm. the passion was was, was yeah. sort of, I think, equal and, and mashed And we were nerding out about that. And we loved beer, but pizza was kind of taken over a little bit. And, uh, you know, initially I thought we'll do bread, butter, and beer and keep it simple. Um, but I didn't know how to make bread and I didn't know how to make pizza. And we just had no idea what to do. And it was this huge looming, uh, you know, decision. And we eventually said, yeah, let's do pizza. Um, it's the only other thing we like as much as beer, we could be passionate about it. Um, And we sat down with a bunch of different doughs that we kind of tried to design and and sauces and, you know, kind of mixed and matched and kind of had a retreat with Polly and Brian and me and Nick and made some decisions about the direction we wanted things to go. And we didn't have a a chef or a cook at this time. I think Mickey was working for you guys at Moonlighter. And, um, you know, we had been friends with him over the years. But, you know, at this time, I think we maybe... Reshot to him to just help us like design a kitchen in this impossible space. And he was like, Yeah, you got it. You were cut out for you, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, here's what you probably need and here's what you probably need to do. And um, we did our best and then started looking to hire and we were struggling. And along the way, he knew we were in this process. And eventually he was like, Hey, I'm just looking for a change and um, I might like to do this. So we talked about it and he joined the team. And then, like, maybe three or four weeks in, uh, he was. Some of his friends had a friend in town that was Jess Galley, and she was in town from uh, San Francisco. Uh, she she was managing, I believe, in in one or two different capacities at uh, Josie Baker Bread, which is which is in the Mill in, in San Francisco. Um, or I don't quite know how the logistics work with that, but anyway, Josie Baker Bread is the name of the bakery, and um, and and that was the place where I got my starter when I was, you know, baking bread for fun. So I immediately kind of knew the, the the style of bread she was making and thought, yeah, we'd love to have you on the team too. And you can at least kind of consult with the pizza and help us move that forward or operationalize it. And, and she did exactly that. And then was going to just bake a, a few loaves of bread a day and we'd sell a little bit and had a little toast or add, add a bread side or whatever. And that's how we opened. And quickly people were obsessing about the bread and and about the pizza and everything just kind of blew up on the food side, frankly. Um, Yeah. Those loaves are tough to beat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I mean, well, thank you. I, I, as I hopefully made clear, I've never had anything to do with them, but, um, other than, uh, uh, you know, hoping that we could have bread as part of our menu, you know? Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. So anyway, you know, I guess that, that, uh, that's, that's sort of how the food, the food, Side of things came to be, and it, it's evolved a lot since then. Yeah, how did the tavern
1: style Tuesdays come to be? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, also, how did you market that? Because everybody's talking about your, your tavern style. Yeah, all my friends are like, hey, "Have you tried it yet?" Oh, damn! Like, oh,
2: mean you mean, just get over over word, there word
0: of try- mouth. I've, yeah, Jeez,
2: I I, that's great to hear yeah, i it honestly went viral. yeah that's yeah. pete paid your you. one friend but right. yeah, that. that's that's right. it seems like yeah,
0: it's, that's right. Right. Yeah. it's clever he you targeted your best friend it's, it's that he you did. Know, my one that's right your best friend from first grade that's right He just can't stop talking
2: about it every I, every week i give him a little extra you know charge <laughs> yeah. um no i honestly the 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 tavern i mean i'm from the south
1: side and
2: that well, that part, yeah, of, what's that your general spot? You
1: know, I mean, I like Palermo. Palermo's. Palermo's oh. is, is is that Shannon's? It's, it's favorite? like Shannon does talk. So, my wife's from Beverly. Oh, cool. So she, yeah. she talks a lot about Palermo's. She likes foxes. Everyone likes foxes out there, yeah. Um, yeah,
2: foxes is great, yeah. And what's I, the best? Pal- Palermo's? I think foxes might be. Foxes is probably better technically in a lot of ways. Um, I like Palermo's better because I have a massive sweet tooth and their sauce is pretty sweet. Hmm. Um, and you know but the the drawback is this is like the sheet of cheese is just a little weightier um and it's just it's almost too much but you know as a kid and as a, a young adult man we got to you know, go back i, well, I
1: had foxes after we went to Vito Vito nicks like the week after and i think i, I think i got to go foxes yeah i remember the first uh, like family guest a chance from like a big uh-huh. south side family and i brought a giant foxes pizza to the first like yeah. christmas party and everyone's was uh, like oh this yeah. guy's yeah. great yeah that's great that's <laughs> smart show up with yeah. a foxes pizza learned lies, but yeah
2: yeah, yeah all, all of my like Southside friends who come on a tuesday if i'm there running around like an idiot they'll just walk up to me and just whisper it's better than foxes you know and i don't mm-hmm. i don't agree with it you know necessarily that's I, cool. I mean we you know we yeah. it's it's an immensely complimentary yeah, and, and makes huge. me feel good about it they're gassing me up of course but you know um, or they're not
0: they're just being honest well yeah maybe yeah,
2: but Probably not, but but in any case, I like what we make, and we it's make it. It's yeah. outstanding, Because, well, thank, well, you've had it? Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. Thank I you. I know. I need to have it. Yeah. Oh, I'm
0: rubbing it into my face oh, that he man. just went. He went, yeah. what, two Tuesdays ago?
1: We went. Uh, three Tuesdays. It was on Ellie's birthday, actually. That, just that was the three sad three part Three Tuesdays of it. ago. Yeah. So just before the end of the, the year. yeah. 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 Yeah, we. That's closed. when they were really hitting their stride.
0: Yeah, too. right. I'll never <laughs> match that quality. <laughs> yeah, again. we were. We were. We were. <laughs> that was the peak quality. A couple of
2: articles came out, so we were. I was super paranoid about it. Like, we got to get these right. You know. Yeah. What yeah. kind
1: of research did you do for that one? You know, His childhood. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I mean, yeah. it really was. was. there? I just yeah. like
2: took two just places. I had Palermo's. You know. Yeah. It, 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 referencing Palermo's in this place called Papa's Pizza in my hometown, my hometown, Oak Forest, and and it doesn't exist anymore. It's not. It's objectively bad, but. And no offense <laughs> if they're ever listening. But, <laughs>
0: they're but our it, biggest listener. Yeah. Our sponsor. <laughs> it's just a tiny
2: little super
1: thin, greasy, and they cut the squares like, you know. Oh, a tiny
2: tiny one little inch by square. one inch. Yeah. Was wow. there a
1: conversation about what size squares you guys wanted? It, there wasn't because I just insisted that's the we're yeah, going tiny get, as well. be tiny. Yeah, like yeah. a tiny, because I I love How that How tiny about are problems. your squares?
2: I mean, two of, it's like these two there's some that's tiny as
1: like the square that my two-finger two tips be. Like one by make. one? Yeah. It's, it's like there but what's are one the middle by of it?
2: Sometimes one by one. Yeah. It, it, they're I,
1: like bite size. It, but that, no. It makes way. it impossible to stop yeah. eating it. Yeah, yeah. You just oh, sit there genius. doing this.
2: It's very tavern style, truly. Yeah. Do you use like toothpicks or <laughs> <the real>?
0: No, <laughs> tweezers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> tweezers. Yes. <Yeah, that's> bring <laughs> tweezers into, into bar All pizza right, finally. Sweet. You know? All right, um, I got to go on a Tuesday. Yeah, come on up. Have you thought about expanding it to other
2: days? it's it's we couldn't do both of our pizzas got it so if we we're doing a little remodel this this year soon and if we you know if we if we add an oven we may add tavern style pizza to other days or okay or like to to go only or something like that but for now I mean, that's partially why it's probably as as kind of talked about as it is cuz it's this like very limited thing yeah. it's yeah. not it's not even it's genuinely limited we can only make we can make plenty of dough and sauce, but we live, the oven can only keep up from 4 p.m. to 9 p.m. Yeah, I think we so had
1: many. a 5.30 reservation because oh, we yeah. knew we had to get there early. Smart, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, then, and then your pizza still might take 45 minutes, you know, it's like... It was pretty quick. Oh, that's good yeah it's a it, it, it's, it it's just it me. didn't take much time to heat up a one by one square <laughs> yeah, <up. laughs> yeah that's right yeah well i mean we don't i have to it drifts constantly in a more reasonable direction so the squares yeah, get bigger cool. and bigger throughout every shift yeah. and i have to go back and like really Shrink compliment down, yeah. the guys who are cutting the people who are
0: the cooks, the cooks who are <laughs> paying by the cut that's right right um, the more pieces you get where did the name bungalow come from
2: yeah i wish it was more natural it was like studied, or like okay. I, I, sh- I suppose poured over. So middlebrow came from a a pretty a pretty natural place. Like, you know, I was living in New York, and when you don't live in your home home city or you know place, you just fond- you 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 just you know you're nostalgic for it, and yeah. And you meet a bunch of people who are also nostalgic for and you become friends with them. And so I was, we were all Midwest boosters and we'd get in arguments about it all the time. And I have a tattoo that ridiculously says it's in the middle and (laughs) a reference to this poster. I don't know where it went, but you know, the word middle was there. And so we were messing around with the middle all the time and middle West. And we typically would say middle West instead of Midwest. And, and, um, I don't know whether it was me or Nick, but uh, you know there were a lot of names in, in that we considered but it was all kind of around this concept of middle and middle class and like our upbringing and 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 our town and uh beer and brow are obviously you know kind of what it was the word phonetic oh like i see yeah, yeah. homonyms i homonyms, suppose yeah. yeah and uh and and um we hated puns but this was a pun and we were comfortable with it and we liked that middle brow was the um it was a. It was like the snobs would use the, apparently in Virginia Woolf's time would use the term middle brow to, kind of, whether it was satire or not, shit on the middle class attempt to, um. Uh, you know amplify or 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 um boost up their social standing or cultural standing. You know with, uh, with art or with culture. So like, mm. really bad pop music today you know but like thinking you're cool because or maybe the better way to put it is indie rock music relative to like classical and experimental jazz and anything on the international anthem label you know all that stuff is like cool and highbrow and smart and studied and incredible and the talent is immense and like indie rock it's like you could really it's ramones but you know on steroids you know and and so and we loved indie rock too here here we were and and you know we whether we like bad books or good books, it's like middle brow and beer kind of fit that, right? Like craft beer can never really be fan. In fact, the last market you break into as a early craft brewery is the North Shore where all the money is. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. a lot of people up there aren't looking for the, the latest craft beer. They're looking for good wine and, and really expensive whiskey. And so it it felt like a middle class thing that, you know, middle class people could use to kind of find some cultural capital and 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 and, and use it and like Feel good about themselves with it and have fun with it, and and so and good on them. And that was the idea behind Middlebrow, and then Bungalow fit that really well. You know, we were looking, we kept thinking like starter homes. This is our starter home, and as expensive as bungalows are now, they did represent yeah. like starter homes at a time and very Chicago. You know, there's a lot of states yeah. that have bungalows, but they're very Chicago in a way and, and uh, very middle class. And so it all kind of, that's where it all came from. Yeah. All right, Long cool. stories. No, know. no, I, Sorry. I,
0: that's very, uh, it's good to know. <laughs> I had no idea. No, you know.
1: No, You're no. in the know. Yeah. Have you guys messed around with any other pizza styles?
0: Yeah, we're, we're, we're
2: messing around with Detroit style a little bit right now. And maybe whatever it will be, it probably won't, won't be. What we tend to do is bastardize the style that we're messing with and then... Make some pizza make it people own, or personalized. Yeah, personalized. Yeah, personalize yeah. yeah. I mean, it makes some pizza people mad, or you know, the technical, the technical pizza people don't mm-hmm. agree with the way we did, you know, define our pizza styles. And I think that would happen with Detroit style too. And it's we're in the early phases, just I for love fun. Detroit style. Yeah.
0: How yeah. often are you eating pizza?
2: Oh, you know, maybe three quarters of a pizza on average every day i guess
0: whoa
1: know. wow I that's mean, impressive deep.
2: it's not because i want to
1: <laughs> three
2: quarters <laughs> of pizza every day probably yeah, yeah or, not, or even that i enjoy it, it you truly must enjoy just, it to do that it's I uh, you know we started a year before covid and then i thought like we're, i'm almost out of this first year phase you know we're like so close and, and then covid hit and it was right back into it so it's been four years of effectively feeling like a first year restaurant you know yeah and and um and so i we're just i mean just barely not doing the 18 hour a day thing anymore you know and and so you you just gotta eat what's busted and in front of you whatever whenever they refire a pizza i just hope no other staff's around and i can sneak one without anyone seeing (laughs) yeah that's it i mean
0: yeah you were selling christmas trees i got a christmas tree from yeah hell yeah (laughs) pretty cool um just hustling yeah yeah you know it's been you seem no stranger to hard work
2: yeah or just whether it's hard or not there's a lot of it you know and yeah. kind
0: of like to stay busy you know yeah, i respect that yeah, yeah nice. tim you feeling uh the gratuity around i can feel it itching at me yeah, yeah. we, <laughs> we got to hit it unless there's stuff uh that we have not covered yet, yeah, anything like else to cover coming down the pipe you want to talk about uh middle farm coming yeah i wish
2: no i mean mm-hmm. there yeah there are a few, yeah the one you know we're we're, we're we're like just seconds away from being formally permitted to do it and 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 really making it a real product. That so we're, where are the grapes coming from? Um, does anyone listen to this who works for the United States government or
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're our sponsor. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. No, no, actually they've already permitted it. I guess the state government's more.
0: No, but so I'm you're kidding. like, so it's like negociante, like you're buying will the grapes be, yeah. from somewhere and then yeah. making the wine. It, it will yeah. be, yeah, and
2: okay. and um, you know we we've got really strong contacts and, and have done experiments like in partnership with, um, wine, wineries and vineyards throughout, uh, like in the Bay area and, uh, and then throughout a lot of Michigan. All the well, way you
0: distribute way all Coast. local to start and then kind of expand
2: out. Yeah. Yeah. All local, you know, it'll basically middle brow will become a wine tyrant as much as it is. A oh, that's brew cool. Pub, so you know. could have like
0: a tasting of five yeah. middle brow wines in one sitting. Totally. Yeah. How many wines do you want to have at a given time? Um, this year, um, if all of our sort of
2: projects out in the world um, bear fruit and come back to us, and the sort of legal stuff gets sort of sorted, um, we would end up with eleven different. Um, wow, well, no, that's that's aggressive. Probably only eight or nine in the end, because I'm sure some of them. And yeah, have you
0: tasted them blind against other wines that you're a big fan of, and you're like these stand up?
2: Like three or four of them, yeah. Wow, yeah, yeah I'm, uh, we it's we impressive. only we went kind of hard this year. Hmm. i like, this is all, this is all with other, um, you're going to have to teach Tim how to appreciate wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, Please. I mean, it, 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 it truly, it, it started with like funky natural wines because they, there's so many, um, similarities to, to wild beer and, and yeah. to cool beer. I like the funky natural wine. Yeah. And like, you can really drink it and not sort of fuss about it too much. Yeah. And then it grew, grew a little from there, but, um, yeah, we, we, you know, the last few years we've been doing this here and there at other people's facilities and just being involved and partnering with these, these other vineyards and wineries. And, and last year, the stuff that we had control of really took off and, and went well. And we finally kind of didn't have to dump anything and, um, we're confident enough to go much bigger this year. So we did hoping that we would line everything up. Do you know who will distribute you? I don't. I, in fact, I'm trying to establish a a self-distribution first, if we can make it work at the state level. Just because I want to understand the market before we... And not give 25% away to someone else. Totally, totally. At some point, it's worth it, you know? But like in the early days, when you're still making a name for yourself, it's better to be doing it with your own face and hands, you know? Yeah, that's cool. But
1: are you your own lawyer? Are you still barred? Oh uh, no anything? way! No, no way! No,
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a member of the bar, and I don't. I would get it all wrong, and I would be too manipulative, and you know what I mean. So I, I <laughs> leave it to the. I, yeah, uh, I definitely yeah. am not. But you know. know what's better than most? You can read over the yeah, stuff and know. Uh, it's it's a good point. We, um, the wine permitting specifically, I had to. Create a bunch of I you know had to really pour over that and find a solution that worked for us that didn't seem to exist to this point like the lawyer was like ah oh (laughs) yeah you could do that I guess and let me talk to the commissioner you know let's do it and she I think agrees and so it should be it's, it's 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 something new in this in this state so I think there we'll see a lot more of it soon
1: This episode of Joiners is brought to you by Stock Manufacturing, makers of fine hospitality workwear. You obsess over the details in your space, so why stop at your staff's uniforms? Stock has something for every aesthetic, from fine dining to a corner cafe they've got you covered. Choose from in-stock ready-to-wear options or design the perfect custom uniform for your team. For more information, visit stockmfgco.com.
0: Now we're ready for okay, gratitude. Gratuity round. Right. So <laughs> uh, you know, you're clipping. Uh clipping so, like Pippin over here, baby. That's
1: that's right. <laughs> clipping like no tipping Pippin. All right. Uh Pete, what's your death row
0: meal?
2: Oh, uh, um Is it boring to no. Uh, Girl Scout cookies.
0: They're nice. Thin, you're ones? going thin mints, right? No way.
2: Carmel D SMO Carmel D lights, whatever you call it. Yeah, they changed the name, right?
0: Yeah. Um, for sure yeah those are superior but i will say you can eat more thin mints like without oh, getting sure. sick of them
2: for sure i c- you can have like a row of crown with yeah, the lights exactly and then pretty much they're the same the, size exactly as and you're done yeah. You're like
0: i couldn't imagine eating another one yeah. right now but thin mints i could just if they're frozen too just keep going yeah just pop no a doubt. whole sleeve no yeah. doubt yeah for sure all right favorite hidden gem restaurant
2: oh man this is tough because i have not left it's in French Polynesia in four years. yeah right because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left home in four years um uh, or bungalow or home oh god um I don't know you know I, I don't know if it's a hidden gem even but my go-to when I do eat out these days I mean if I eat out it's Le Bouchon but if mm. I you know and that is to say after Lula it's Le Bouchon yeah <laughs> and then Thai Lagoon you know, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler
0: on north. Yeah, north. Yeah. What are you like getting Oakley?
2: there? There's this tamarind curry that's okay. really sweet. I need I to said, know more
0: specifics too. from you because I two things I like there. And Struck
2: out. Oh really? Oh bummer. Yeah. No, I, I think I I strike out sometimes too. But when they hit this tamarind okay. curry and this uh, God, there's this cashew like the, this like chicken fried rice cashew
1: right. salad that's terrific. I'll too. try that. I'll let you know. Please do. Yeah. Well, that one's not come up. I'm excited to okay. check that out. Yeah. All right, what's your favorite brewery experience that you've had visiting one? Um, Anything that stands out in your mind? It's got to be on a farm, I would guess. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I guess it's, I, I'm trying to be also relevant to 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 this day and, you know, to like this time and not to not, like 2011. No, I, I mean,
1: you could go back.
2: Yeah, right. I mean, I've had a lot of great ones, you know. Yeah. Um, I think I've, I've, what's most exciting to me right now um, is what we would have liked to do, something like what um, River St. Joe is doing in Buchanan, Michigan. Um, it, and it isn't um, it, exactly what we want to do, but it it, it it really hit a lot of cool notes, and I was pretty I was pretty stoked about it. Um, and, you know, the beers are solid. I think they're really young, and the beers will only just get better like they do for everyone, um, you know, thanks to Reddit. But River St. Joe is pretty amazing and i I also love virtue cider do you ever go yeah virtue is a very cool experience yeah it's cool like i don't again ciders are amazing you know
0: you don't always just the setting is very cool yeah exactly
2: and like off-color beers are just terrific but not everyone has to brew beer as good as off-color to make for a great brewery experience like the beer like i said a lot of people are making good beer right now and and the experiential side of it is like uh to me just as important and pretty cool at those two
0: Yeah, yeah do
1: you have a favorite dive bar
2: God, uh, man, just the other two days ago, my wife woke up and she's pregnant. Last time she was pregnant, she oh, she, she right. did this too. Congrats. And, oh, thanks. But she just has crazy vivid dreams and like about random shit. And she woke up and just like five in the morning and she's like, I just, I was just dreaming about club foot. And that was <laughs> definitely my favorite dive bar for a long time. Um, yeah, I guess these days, again, I'm a bad, probably guessed at, guessed at this because it's been it's been so damn long since I've really like frequented places, but I mean Frank and Mary's um, you know the two well only one uh, inner town. I love innertown and Wicker Park. Yeah, you know? yeah a lot of I'm obviously referencing this side of the river because I spend most time over here, but I, I, I was
1: nervous they wouldn't reopen yeah they are I know. back Me too. yeah. And
2: oh, Burwood tap. Have you been there in Lincoln Park? No, it's like it's Burling and Wrightwood okay it's it's a it's a lincoln park bar for sure and it goes Hmm. through waves where it's like really obnoxious
0: and then all those inexpensive houses on burling yeah 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 yeah, the burling juxtaposition yeah no
2: doubt but there's burwood tap it's like the it's it's great around christmas time and like loaded with a bunch of it's just like warm and cozy in there and and it to to give lincoln park some love i mean there's way better ones and like lakeview has a ton of great corner bars and, and lincoln park does well I mean, more lakeview i suppose but but uh this particular place stands out from my 20s you know yeah
1: all right good i answers. remember i was at inner town like a week before they shut down no and you know the bathroom there it's like kind of famous like no lock on the door yeah. and uh <laughs> uh i went in there and i went at the beginning of the night use the restroom come out end of the night go back the toilet's in a completely different position yeah. and i'm like hold on this can't be right It was like pushed up against the wall and it's like a kind of a narrow corridor anyway. And then when they shut down, I'm like, I wonder if they're, this is, toilet related yeah
0: you know. yeah, <laughs> toilet. yeah 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 yeah
1: but i have been back since played some darts yeah, in the bathroom nice. did it you move to the toilet fine. back really? <laughs> no i just never <laughs> yeah. see like how
0: alarming is that when it, you go into yeah. a bathroom the toilet's in a different spot yeah, it depends that's... on maybe your microdose was a macro yeah <laughs> that could be it's that co- a be. composting toilet maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i guess i should i should sh- shout out
2: bernice's too that's a that used to be a haunt of mine but you know, all right in I, don't bridgeport. Yeah, bridgeport. Yeah, I don't know bernice's bridgeport yeah god at this point again i hope it's still open yeah after COVID, who knows that's
1: right uh all right what's your the favorite beer that you've brewed yourself is there a clear winner
2: um yeah i oh i guess well there's the right now and there's historical uh god there's like four for different reasons i suppose this beer we make called someday takes the cake and it's a solera style beer um in one of our fooders in the brew pub um, we brewed it maybe two years before we opened originally and aged it in barrels and then inoculated, um, a newer batch that we put into that fooder. And then ever since then we've been extracting some and rebrewing the base beer and throwing it back in, into the fooder to continue to sort of grow the, it, it's just a sort of beer fooder version of Solera style, um, you know, beverage creation and, uh, and that one's pretty special. You can't really. It, it, it's it's unique. If you're not thinking about it, it's it's like subtle and nice and easy to drink. But if you are, you kind of you notice that it's just something you can't really taste. And you literally can't taste it anywhere else. The culture yeah, in there at this unique. point, is six yeah. years old. Yeah. Yeah.
1: What's the flavor profile?
2: Uh, you know, we, we It depends on how long you let it sit in. Mm. like how how long you let a newer batch sit in sit on the oak um, because the oak really does change it in a big way. But if it's if you pull it young, it's a lot of white peach and that's sort of the dominant you know nose in addition to like barnyard funk as they say you know there's that 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 sort of acidic funk to it um but like a like a peach fuzzy skin um nose which is which is pretty cool and and that's just enough for me it doesn't really the, our newest lager which i'm nuts about is co- called cottage and it's made with this um it, it was made with uh, it's made with what was an experimental yeast strain um created by omega and uh you know up in irving park and um and that's got a crazy peach nose to it, too. They've learned how to, up there, how to extract this peach flavor from, you know, uh, utilize yeast. And uh, I shouldn't get too far into the science, but it's thialized lager strain. And and um, and now all these lagers are coming out with this strain, and and they all have this ca- awesome like dirty peach, peach nose. Hmm. Yeah, it's with cool. like a clean finish. It's a great combination.
0: Hmm.
1: Anyway. That's cool. Yeah. 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 All right. What is your favorite fast food? oh god uh <laughs> you know, i guess i have to just admit
2: yeah it's pretty fast uh i have a fast answer for this one i suppose oh good i just uh, a sausage muffin with no egg from mcdonald's you know right. what's
0: crazy my son ordered that the other day yeah, kidding. I, I didn't with ketchup though yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. smart yeah, he did, so he just yeah. ordered a cheeseburger <laughs> I, yeah yeah it was insane yeah. though i was yeah. like it, you know we we're like smart. looking at the pictures and he's like that with no egg and i was like what uh, and then you saying that that's insane i don't know
2: why i i ever started getting that i must have hated the egg once as a really young kid yeah and then just been getting it it ever since but yeah
1: yeah i'm sure the egg's great i i never i've (laughs) never had reason to add it back you know (laughs) yeah it's a local (laughs) farm variety. yeah that's right doesn't even (laughs) miss the organic (laughs) price of eggs these days you're better off without it (laughs) all right Uh, right. what trivia category would you dominate
2: um probably uh, probably u.s history or geography that's good um
1: those are good skills i'm
2: obsessed i've been always been obsessed with maps and geography and and you know so i don't know to the extent capitals and rivers and and cities and you know topography hmm. in any american places uh, you know also just you know i don't know music tv you know depending on the crowd if if they're you know a little young i could i could beat the shit out of them in those categories <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah a good guy to have on your trip, right. you team. <laughs>
1: yeah uh, do you have any good lawyer jokes from being, a I don't God.
2: I, oh my God. I remember I was, I was hammered at an event toward the end and I, I like laughed and was like, well, we're obviously all just working for the devil. Right. And everyone just around me like looked at me like I was crazy <laughs> and I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta get out of
1: here. You know?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but no, no actual lawyer. Similar
1: experience to my time on the trading floor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Um, all right. So what do you attribute your success?
2: God, I feel like uh, success is still uh, may, out, not, maybe not out of reach anymore, but like for however, depending on how you define it, but maybe just barely within reach. but Definitely don't feel like we've achieved it. Honestly, just one year of profit since we opened. Seems successful to me. I mean, yeah, yeah I guess so in this business, right? Yeah um i still don't sleep at night you know but maybe another couple will of years start I to will. Sleep. yeah yeah um i think just my i i must have a thyroid problem like i, I just have this like incessant energy I, I guess i don't eat or like sleep very much and i'm just always i could work for 18 hours and it doesn't feel like work it's just like cool what's next to keep me hyper huh. and and that has that causes surely causes problems and creates a very difficult sort of... It made it hard for our company to mature and and improve in terms of communication, et cetera. But it, it also keeps things really fresh and keeps the media... Like the Tavern Pizza, we don't have a PR person. We don't have any marketing strategy. We just like it's just i don't know Tim. it's just yeah. you yeah thanks it's, so much just, 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 it's, just it's just it's just screaming at people about it yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> don't right, try right. it everyone's talking about it every, 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 every <laughs> the pieces every are this big yeah, right, right. <laughs> oh, so man. i suppose something like it's the energy wherever the, my energy comes from i suppose yeah. can um, you, like energy. if you go into a vacation can you turn it off uh yeah you know we went yeah i can eventually yeah i we went on our honeymoon in but for the first five days of a nine-day honeymoon we worked <laughs> probably nine <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> so no you can't so
2: i mean you know yeah it takes a lot of work it takes it does take a lot of work to truly turn it off but no i since i've had a a, a kid you know when i'm with my daughter on mondays i don't look at my phone
0: and and i and i i have that capacity yeah yeah it's there so yeah that's a hard uh hard thing to learn yeah. yeah um a couple other questions well i wasn't done i know but i just didn't know okay. yeah yeah <laughs> sure yeah you know, you know. all you yeah yeah, yeah. it's pippin <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> um what's your favorite (laughs) thing about chicago
2: uh it's probably just gonna sound like hackneyed and boring but it's the people like the the i was at a bell before i moved to new york i went to bell and sebastian concert at chicago theater and stuart murdoch who leads the band was like he's so damn clever all his fucking english do is it cool to curse yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah all these english people are so fucking clever all the time and (laughs) smart and great with language and he's up there telling stories about new york you know and rock stars know how to address a crowd in in whatever city they're in and he's talking about new york and la and how in chicago he just left his hotel and wandered around and no one said a word to him or knew who he was and everyone was just out not to be seen or not to see other people but just to get on with it you know and he said that that phrase and it's always stuck stuck with me like people in Chicago are not, like, special in any way other than that we don't have um, a lot of reason to think our shit doesn't stink, you know? We don't have a lot of reason to, like... You don't get a lot of that kind of positive attention. And it contributes to this kind of annoying, like, we're the best, we're Chicago. It's this insecurity, you know, too. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you, but there is a general... Uh, sense of like, yeah, I'm just I'm just doing my thing, and I don't, you know, I'm happy. I can be happy with it, and don't need to be the coolest person in the world for it. Yeah, get a bunch of attention. So I I, I feel that energy all the time with our customers all the time, and with our neighbors, and that's that's really appealing because like San Francisco, it, there's elements of it. New York, there's also elements of it, and there's other reasons those places are in, amazing. But um, but the day to day people in those cities, I guess I just don't connect with in the same way, and I believe it maybe is because of that that nature of Chicagoans. You
1: know, yeah. Like how, how, when you were living in New York and San Francisco, how, when you told people you were from Chicago, how was that?
2: Perceived? Yeah. Oh, they all uh, think it's crazy and dangerous and like there's murder on every corner and, yeah. uh, or they, you know, yeah, I, I, That not they all, that's an exaggeration, but like certainly there's that perception, um, you know, and like this, I, New Yorkers generally did like Chicago. I think Chicagoans have this thing against New York. It's kind of funny, quiet thing against New York that like, it just shows that we're insecure about it a little bit. I mean, yeah. New York is the best city in the world. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to say it to all of my Yeah, I think Chicago, Chicago thinks a where... lot
1: more about New York than the other totally. way around. Totally. You
2: know? And we don't need to. I mean, Chicago's great for so many other reasons, yeah. you know. But...
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your favorite cocktail?
2: Oh, man. Um, I am not qualified to answer that question. I Sorry. No, Looking it's cool. You. Do you, I mean,
0: <laughs> if you were to walk into a a bar that only served cocktails, what would you drink? Or what would you want to drink?
2: I'd, I'd get a I would probably get straight gin. Ice water. Straight gin? Yeah. Love so it. I
0: I guess that neat is Neat rocks.
2: I would get it neat. Um, cool. just to, as, as the weirdest straight gin that you, I could get. You and get. Paul some, yeah. yeah. Posting I mean,
0: up with a pint of gin. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul's is, uh, chilled and served up. Yeah. 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 I mean, I would Feet's love it. He's having a truly just neat. <laughs> yeah. You know, the if Weirdest I re- gin. Yeah. If I really want, the, what, the weirdest gin? No, uh, no. You're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever the want, weirdest gin. Whatever yeah. the bartender gins, suggests. Danny, what's a funky gin? We've got tons. You do? Yeah. Um, there's one that always smells like olives to uh, me. Cool. Um. <clears throat> and it's from a place called it's called Townsend's. Huh. English? It's so weird. Yeah, it has like a lot of flowers on the label. Huh. It's a really pretty label, but it's it smells just like olives. It's super weird to me. Uh very uh, distinct. I'll check it out. Yeah. I don't know. But in terms of like weird things that I really enjoy, I mean I always like Saint George terroir. Hmm. They use like local botanicals yeah, and cool. stuff from Northern California. Very sagey. Very so herbaceous. less yeah, per more herbaceous yeah
2: yeah i'll, sure. I'll, I'll grab i'll grab a couple i'll yeah. grab one of each sometime yeah, <laughs> right. yeah i mean yeah. you know i i stopped drinking cocktails a long time ago i just it was too i couldn't take it you know <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. too hyper in my drinking of cocktails so sure
1: <laughs>
2: i love, it. Uh, all I love right. to infer what that means yeah <laughs> uh,
1: i'll let my imagination run with yeah it. so <laughs> last question here what is something that bars or restaurants do that might annoy you
2: um oh god i guess you mean like day-to-day like if i go in i would say
1: like you're out to eat and you're like oh no or like
2: yeah okay oh i guess this is it's 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 whether it's day-to-day or it's conceptual but that's what it is the con like the concept thing it's just like i just when, when I'm at a place and I see four concepts in it it's it's annoying to me and it's it's like super snobby and I wish I didn't care about that I guess I don't truly care I can I can appreciate the time for what it is of course but for a long time I even couldn't like even go in a place like that it just like bugged the hell out of me because i I really do think like like i I'm passionate about what we do and I love what we do and we put so much effort and energy into like creating something that felt that feels personal and then when I go into a place that is treating this Like what I love, like a widget, it just really grinds my gears, you know? And like to not, it doesn't matter if like you think of it it as a business, right? It is a business, but to think of it as a widget and we're going to like have, we're going to serve, we're going to have like, it's just like every wine trend, every liquor trend, every beer trend, all the food trends all in one place and all really average at best. That like, yeah, that grinds my gears. Yeah, it's a good answer. I
1: think that's sniffed out by consumers i think people like to go visit a place and see the owner operator on site yeah doing it yeah i agree
2: I, d- I think you don't get passionate like fans of those places um but they do succeed like sometimes i'm like wow this is the fifth place in this restaurant groups like they are they don't they shouldn't have gotten past one and they're killing it yeah. and it, it bums me out because i'm sitting over here with one and and i don't know if i'll ever have two or if, if i even want it right but but you know i i do really love places that can like stick to a concept get passionate about it get good at it and you know and yeah you know that's that that kind of thing and it doesn't mean like lack of diversity on a menu of course i love diversity on a menu too yeah i get just, what you're saying yeah
0: um and I, the gin was town oh town yeah yeah I was uh, gonna and say, it's from oregon oh it's oregon so i just oh, want to correct myself yeah. there <laughs> I don't want to mislead a bunch of people <laughs> Um,
2: oh, one, one more thing I should yeah. mention is also, like, I don't know what to call it, but it's the equivalent cool of greenwashing. It's when, like, we've also put so much effort into, like, you know, being good members of the community for, like, a long time now. And it's become more and more common for, like, everybody out there to be doing something f- for the community, which is extremely, like, great to see and feels, re- like, rewarding even in some ways because some of these people, like, talk to us about how they can do better at this. and But then sometimes you see people who are clearly just trying to cash in and that really yeah. grinds my gears too just to it's check just a box totally and it's like i know that you only made 32 dollars from this 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 thing you you amped up on instagram and you yeah. donated barely anything and like yeah I've spent 500 the marketing receipts. the effort totally totally <laughs> and that's 32 for the cause right right yeah. that grinds my gears but again i shouldn't be such a snob i
0: no no that's those are good things yeah. um false optics yeah yeah virtue, virtue type signaling. Of stuff. yeah totally, totally. um oh. cool anything else well, that's um, that's the last of the gratuity right. Pete yeah, thanks okay. so much for joining cool. us today. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being to here man
1: yeah thanks for having me and that concludes our conversation with Pete Turnis of Middle Brow Thanks so much for listening, and be sure to check us out on Instagram at JoinersPod for weekly cocktails by our very own Danny Shapiro, as well as throwback photos on Thursday. Please remember that this episode was produced by Matt Haddock and music by Captain Cuts.
0: Thanks for listening. We'll
1: see you next week.